good thing about a fixed price is always it's the most transparent way in a private treaty, which is that's the price. If you pay it, you'll get it. Yeah. Going one, going twice, sold. You're listening to The Property Pod. Alright guys, welcome back to The Property Pod, your weekly engagement into real estate here in the Hobart Marketplace. I'm your host, Aaron Horn. Rolls off the tongue like a dream. Welcome back team, Patrick Berry, John McGregor. Get off your phone, mister. We're podcasting. I'm taking notes, baby. You're taking notes. Wow. Yes. <laughs> he's prepared. <laughs> oh, he's getting prepared right as we start. Exactly. That's, that's the level of ex- excellence we no, put well into that, this how, show. Well, that's how much preparation time I had. Well, can, <laughs> I can am I too, John. Your notes are? <laughs> Screen's black. <laughs> Screen's black, but I've got my iPad out. Can I ask you what your notes are now, or are we going to save them for a bit later in the no, show? No, that was just the, um, yeah, the points for buyers. Oh, later in the gotcha, show. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't mind the it. Top three. We're, we're done. Oh, very good. Well, Lou, it's mm. it's spring. The sun has been shining for about three days straight now. It's been absolutely cracking uh, weather, and I thought shorts, baby. Yes, well, you wear shorts all throughout. Yeah, but it's not as cold. Now. <laughs> I don't. It's question actually comfortable. It. Yeah. I actually love when you've got a business meeting coming up, and you'll be wearing the pants. pants. You'll have the pants on, still in your hat and your um and your t shirt, but about you know something important on today. Yep. Yeah. Thought I'd better get dressed up. Better put some <laughs> pants on today. <laughs> it's interesting. I actually thought, well, just before we jump into some of the other stuff, uh, me and you have been doing something pretty interesting this last week, um, going out to schools and helping out the Smith family um, and kind of explaining our jobs to future seekers, to, to kids in the community. Yeah, like 10 and 9-year-olds. Yeah. Which has been interesting to explain real estate to a 9-year-old. Well, like the other thing is, as we were going in, because... Part of what they've been doing is they've been kind of saying, um, stand up the front and give them five words about your job and let them know what you do and and they'll guess kind of what they think you do based on what you've said or a little prop you've brought along. Mm. And Pat, the very first one, he's there and he said, I work with houses... Uh, do communication and I had pants on that day too. I just had a hoodie. Damn. Okay, yeah. But the the questions were construction worker, builder, architect... Everything other than real estate agent. And then when we left, I was like, I wonder if it is that that idea of what a real estate agent is, is slick back hair, suit, kind of and then, proto John. Yeah. Mm. And then yesterday I'm in shorts and a t-shirt, John, and I'm getting tattoo artist because I've got tattoos <laughs> on yeah. me. And I was carrying an iPad with a pencil. So they're yeah, like, yeah. oh, you must be a tattoo artist. And I was like, I wish I was that cool. Why not? <laughs> Which led us down the path of like, what if, because they send you out to little groups and say, you know, talk to the kids in, in groups and explain your job. What if for just one or two we did a choose your own adventure? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was like, yeah, today I am a tattoo artist. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us what you do. Go oh, draw yeah. your stick, man. It would have been worth just riffing on it, man. You should have <laughs> <gone> <laughs> I might not get invited back, though, John. <laughs> or they might, like, at lunchtime, yeah, I was talking to a tattoo artist. He told me he was going to... Actually, sorry, I'm just jumping off this. This other kid, I, you know how I took my broken drone? Yep. I took it in a broken drone, just I thought it's probably safer than taking in the real one and it not coming back or... <laughs> yep. Any of those kind of things. And this one kid was looking at it and he was basically analysing the parts that were broken. And as I was talking to him, he was saying, like, oh, me and my dad pull heaps of things apart and put them back together. He's like, oh, yeah, you just need a part for this. And I was like, oh, you're I actually trust you. <laughs> <laughs> this nine-year-old kid, the way he was, like, looking at the bits, he's like, yeah, so this bit's broken and this bit's broken. If you fix that, it'll be fine. I was like, okay, sweet. Like, it's got zero <laughs> incentive either. It's just genuine interest. It's yeah. like, well, this will work. Yeah. No. I don't even know which kid you're talking about too. It was a table of two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, was yeah, really interesting. So, look, the, the good thing was it, it was basically, um, yeah, providing all these kids with an idea of what you can do out of school once you're finished. It's kind of, if you can't see it, you can't be it kind of oh. idea. So, that, look, there was 
guys from the army, from the navy. There was the a neuroscience person there. The, fir- <laughs> the first one, one we went to, it was three scientists and me and Pat. Right. We were like, we are so <laughs> underqualified for this. Yeah. So here you got like a computer science, a chemist, and a neuroscientist, and then Aaron and Pat. Damn. <laughs> Highest education comparative. Yeah. <laughs> but that, look, we'll, we'll take this review at the end. At the end, they said, oh, how did you find it? And they both pointed back and said, we want to be like those two. <laughs> was two me. kids in the room. Yeah, me and Pat was like, yeah, we, we basically just play video games <laughs> and work and, work and yeah. chill out. And Unfortunately, though, yesterday we were trumped by two army people that had tanks and guns. Yeah, <laughs> so so. It was tough to beat those guys. We've we found where we sit in, in <laughs> the market it. sort of thing. We're one step up from scientists. Yes. <laughs> Next time you could bring, I was going to say, a giant dollhouse. I don't know how that's going to um, have the same effect as tanks, but... What would a, how would a dollhouse be? Because we sell houses. He's getting at the point that it's a house. It's gotcha, gotcha. You could start doing design. Oh, this is what we actually do during daily basis, which is bullshit. Uh, but, um, <laughs> Fair enough. What is this? A school for ants? Yeah, yeah. You need, you need props, baby. That's what it is. John's got his dollhouse. Now all I can picture is, well, Mr. Seller, if we just use this carpet choice here in oh, this dollhouse yeah. room, <laughs> that we can recreate in your place. And here's the extra children and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and that's, here's the divorce process. So we're not going to be able to use this room anymore. So we should yeah. go in that house instead. You can take the couch, the TV. <laughs> <laughs> Holy moly. <laughs> this has gone way off track. Yeah, this is w- way further than we're okay, trying so to maybe, do. Maybe not bring that in for the Smith family, but you know. <laughs> yeah, look, no, it's really cool. Um, Andrea and the team that have been um, putting it together and, and we've been liaising with have been um, have been I'm wonderful. Sorry. Pat's gone. <laughs> now all I can think of is like, how are you selling to an investor? How <laughs> <laughs> is your investor? <laughs> Let's talk about duplexes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, not a bad. We actually have a guest coming up soon that's got some ideas on duplexes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, hold that thought. <laughs> um, no, look, shout out to to those guys. It's been pretty interesting going out into schools. It actually has reaffirmed uh, my belief of because one of the questions the kids have been asking is, "What was your dream job when you were a kid?" Mm. And um, I, I'd say, oh, "I actually used to be a teacher. I I left school and I I trained to be a teacher. I was a teacher for a few years." And then like, "Yeah, teaching sucks." <laughs> like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it does actually. Yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty happy. <laughs> actually, you both always both kind of um have gone into the family business when you were kids i know lots of people that have family businesses kind of say i'm going to do the the furthest thing away from what my parents do Mm. and then find themselves ending up doing it when you were kids what was the dream job that wasn't real estate the first one that comes to mind was a chef on a um, Navy ship. Oh, I thought oh. you were going to say like a private yacht or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I was thinking like the love boat or something, like <laughs> on a cruise, cruising around the world as a ship. Now that's that a shirt out and button with those hairs yeah, coming through, J Mac, that chest. <laughs> that's when I became a teenager and interested in girls. You know, the shift changed a bit. That's the, that's the earliest. I'm, I'm sure there's other references when I was even yeah. younger, but I just remember that one being a first conscious choice of a decision. Yeah. Um, <laughs> glad I didn't do it, but. Yeah, that, that was the first on one. the army. Yeah, yeah I yeah. never would have if in someone the, in the said, navy specifically. Oh, yeah, if someone yeah. said you've got fifty guesses to guess what John might have wanted to be as a kid, never would have got there. Oh, yep, that yeah. was the first cool. one I remember. Nice. I was a computer game nerd, so I was all about websites, games, yeah. bits and pieces. So, yeah. that was so you're not you're not too far off. Like in your in I your field, you still <laughs> yeah. play with all those toys. So yeah, and John cooks at home, so <laughs> that works. He puts on go. a puts on a sea shirt, <laughs> yeah. shoes, and, and just giant. Bowls of schlop, you know, <laughs> huge tins. Well, if you want to join the name the navy, I met the lady yesterday. That's one of the head recruiters. Oh, so, really? yeah. you know, yeah, I if can, I need to pivot, I, I can yeah. open a connection for you, Jay. Man, <laughs> that works. Um, so yeah, no, that's something we've been doing. Kind of, we we should probably get to real estate stuff, but just before we jump further down into that rabbit hole, the past two weeks here at Four One Four have been really exciting as well. There's mm. been 
Um, just an absolute energy in the office, and that is thanks to uh, some visitors coming out to to spend two weeks mm. with us uh, here onshore. Just kind of want to let the listeners know what's yeah. happened, Pat, here at Four and Four in in that period. Yeah. So for people that don't know, we actually have four employees in the Philippines um, that do a lot of our admin type work. And yeah, we had the pleasure of bringing them out to meet the team here in Australia for the last two weeks. Yeah, so in the past, you've been over there two times, three times? I've been twice, Abby's been three times yep. to work with them over there. So yeah, doing a bunch of training and kind of setting up um, procedure and, and operating procedure. That's it. Setting up <laughs> setting up things and, and kind of, and building a, a bond with them. Yeah, and figuring but out how to make, you know, workflow work when they're on the other side of the world. Yeah, right? yeah, you can, a Zoom meeting's really handy, but it's it's way easier. It's way quicker to teach if you're side by side with somebody than yeah. over Zoom. So you've been over there... Two slash three times, and then there, yeah, this was an opportunity to bring them out to to Australia and, and yeah. See what so Abby and I have a really strong connection with these four, and every time we're with them, we just love being around them, and we wanted everyone here in the office to experience that because yep. although everyone gets to talk to them, it's different having a relationship with somebody on a Zoom versus meeting them in person, and so we felt that it was really important that everyone got to spend time with them. So yeah, yeah, they came and visited and. Been really good fun. I've been a tour guide of Hobart for the last two weeks. Yeah, yeah. it's so funny when you have um, have people coming into our state or coming to visit, and you put your tour guide hat on, and you kind of realise you're like, I know a fair bit about <laughs> all this stuff, but man, I could know so much more. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. So yeah, get going around and you know taking the mules or Salamanca or yeah, classic up the things mountain. like Salamanca markets. Yep. In the mountain, like they loved it up there, and they're like, oh, how often do you come up? I was like. Never. Yeah, I've been up here probably four times in my entire life. <laughs> yeah. like, oh my god, it's here! Like, why wouldn't you be doing this all the time? Because oh, it takes like thirty minutes to drive yeah, to the yeah. top. It's too much yeah. effort. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny. Yeah, it's kind of asking at the end, kind of what were your highlights of the trip? And I know Ren said one of them was like actually driving on the road and not just being bumper to bumper mm. for hours and just being able to get places mm, kind of in an instant sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, well, I was talking to Queen about that and on one of the trips we had together and she was saying that most Philippine people will allow an hour and a half to two hours before the appointment to get yeah. to where they're going. Just traffic. Yeah. Yeah. So brutal. they said you just got to allow so much time because you just don't know what type of traffic you're going to hit. Yeah, so we're so blessed in uh, – obviously, like, there's, there's traffic issues. <laughs> When we're coming back down the mountain, I think I said to you, oh, jeez, I hope we don't get stuck in that five o'clock traffic <laughs> coming back down the mountain. And they would have just thought, look, this is not traffic. <laughs> what, what the hell are you talking about? one street with, with yeah. some cars that are banked up for maybe <laughs> two extra minutes. <laughs> I had the Dominic traffic one day with Daryl in the car and I went over the side street to avoid it. And he's like, but it was moving. <laughs> he's yeah. like, yeah, but it was annoying me. It was going too <laughs> slow. <laughs> I saved 30 seconds by moving over to this road. Yeah, you were moving. And I'm, yeah, I'm a happy chappy about it. <laughs> But yeah, so they've they've been in. Um, it's been really, really, really cool having them with boots on the ground. And um, yeah, the the goodbyes were really hard. It was really um, sad to say, like, oh, you know, we'll see you back through the Zoom because now yeah. we've yeah, built these bonds. And but yeah, I think it's been really beneficial for. It was definitely fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's been a been a hoot. So shout out to uh, Daryl Renz, Queen, and Nino, our um, Bpo staff in the Philippines. They're yeah, absolute superstars, yeah. and look forward to seeing you again. I'm sure they'll be back at some stage. That's the plan. Yeah, they gave me a list of the things that they didn't get to see that they thought they might and because they were dying to see wallabies or kangaroos. Right, right. We didn't get it till the very last day. Like, planned it three times. The weather kept turning on us. We said, ah, oh, like, worst case, we'll just go up, like, the top of Glenorchy at Telosa yeah. Park, you'll see one. <laughs> and I think they saw one the night before at Mary Jane's place. They did. Yeah, but yes, it was... Um, 
Yeah. It was fun feeding them. Still still <laughs> heaps of uh, heaps of stuff to do and see here in Tassie. So, yeah, hopefully we'll have them back for some more adventures. Mm. Definitely. But speaking of bad weather and moving from bad weather into something brand new. Oh, what a segue. I know, this guy, he's so... <sighs> Um, Who is this guy? He's just a star of podcast and screen. <laughs> um, moving from the bad weather into the beautiful weather of spring, it is always a fun time. I know John always says that it is probably the most active time in uh, real estate. It's not correct? me, mate. It's the numbers say. Ah. Using, oh. I was going to say using science, not at all. Statistics. <laughs> <laughs> science is amazing. <laughs> Statistics. But, yeah, that's um, when the most transactions happen. Yeah. So yeah. We've, we've just sprung into it. It feels like spring is in action. Um, my... Lawn is growing so fast, so I've got to mm. mow it every weekend. Um, we're kind of in that life-affirming, bringing action back to the market. Is it going to change this season? Are we looking up, stagnant, dropping? What's happening out there? For me, I just more so get excited by the transactions rather than the price. In in, in many ways, if... Um, I like the transactions too because that means we're getting paid, John. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I so guess maybe I didn't phrase my question. I, yeah. Is the market is it is it looking good for sellers? Is it looking good for buyers? Not whether the prices are, are fluctuating or. So yeah, how are we finding over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, are, are we starting to see more people at open homes? Are we starting to see that the I've, listings mm. that are sitting there will? I've start definitely selling? seen more inquiries coming through realestate.com over the last week or two. Yeah. There's definitely been an uptake in more people sending through inquiries, booking inspections. Yep. Um, normally that then flows through to buyers committing to purchase. Yep. Mm. So I definitely see that there is some movement there. Um, I think it's helped that interest rates have stayed the same for the last two months, two, yep. three months, two. Something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think now people are starting to feel a bit more confident in their decisions. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I think, you know, I think if you've got a vendor that is motivated to sell, they'll definitely sell in this marketplace. Yep. Um, it's just now a matter of finding what is that happy medium for price. Yeah, so, so that's... We're not experiencing the same market we did two years ago where things were going up rapidly. Mm. And unfortunately, there's still a few vendors out there that are expecting that type of return. Yep. Um, but the ones that have realised where the market sits and that they are still making an amazing profit in the time they've owned it, they've been very successful in selling. Mm. So getting that getting that price right is, I guess, a really key one. Um, how do I phrase it? Basically, like, yeah, the offers over kind of method before, which we spoke about, um, was kind of encouraging people to keep throwing numbers higher and higher and, and creating that um, competition. competition that way. Now it feels like if you kind of throw that out there and people are expecting, oh, I'm going to have to offer 50000 over that. You're not inquiring about not it. Not inquiring about it. So is it finding that real sweet spot where saying, like, this is my non-negotiable number? And then I know there's price ranges that are kind of being used, but have I seen a few other ones where it's just literally like, bam, here's the price? John's, John's been a fa- fan of bam, here's the price. That's yeah. me at the moment, yeah. yeah. Um, there's only the last five listings that are brought on, I think, Three of them are um, three of them are fixed price. Then there's an offers around, and then there is one last one, which is an offers over, which is a callback to these guys re- intending to list three or four months ago. Yeah. Um, my whole reasoning behind that is in these markets where it's still effectively a buyer's market, there's um, where they are taking their time. You know, there isn't as much interest, and they've seen prices declining. the The reason I suppose we'd move to a fixed price was. I was seeing that negotiating above and offers over was a lot harder. Yeah. So before we were so used to buyers just going, oh, oh gosh, the price is going up, I better offer over. At the moment they're seeing the opposite. So like, well, one, I don't want to do that. And so now I wanna, I'd want i rather see that, you know, negotiating under. So at least the 
Because when they would say, well, what would the owner accept? Well, oh, look, you'd have to go off as over, we'll use the 650 example. Yeah, but um, well, just present some interest and see where it goes. And then an owner would be countering offer, counter offering higher than that offer. Yep. It starts to get confusing. But at least with the fixed prices to say, well, they will accept 650. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure if you wanted to offer above the asking price, I'm sure they'd accept that too. And I think the anecdotally, it's been a refreshing sense from the buyers of my properties to go, well, okay, if I want it, I'll pay that price. And we can still encourage them to say, well, look, um, if you have any interest, please let us know. And it actually has been that idea where when we're appraised it, you'll have that bracket. It could be 550 to 575 seems like a fair value. Yeah, It's listed at the 575. Um, and then um, using our network and other listings to bring buyers through and sideways and still encouraging them to make an offer. And a good example was one we had at Hayes and Court where the owners were very comfortable with anything between 550 to 575, listed yep. at 575. Um, Martin from our office bought a contract for, I think it was like 565. I think we ended up negotiating, which was right in our range, and they were really happy with that. Yeah, sure. Um, and I know, it, depending upon your school of thought, it will say, look, advertise aggressively to bring in that interest. But with the conversations I'm having with my clients, I say, look, if we're comfortable with knowing we're going to be on the market for two to four weeks before we're probably going to find an offer that you're comfortable with, this is a strategy we're going to do. And they'll be like, that sounds great. It gives them that opportunity to feel like they've um, advertised at their highest dream price in that yeah, respect. Yeah. With confidence, it'll probably adjust to the market if the interest isn't there. So mm. that's how we've sort of adjusted and buyers have sort of anecdotally have appreciated that fact as well. Yeah, you use Hasten as an example. Was that a two to four week campaign? Because that one feels like it kind of came and, yeah. and went really quickly. So that was kind of right on the cusp of the early side of the two weeks. Like it, it hit and yeah, you like your, your range there was... 555.75, yep. smack bang in the middle. Yep. It's kind of where you'd negotiated it to. So mm. it's that thing again of being in and on the market, which is what we've that's right talked about before. That seems like really crucial currently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and you can't. And you, again, every pricing strategy is going to work and it's about making that balance with the client. I suppose the good thing about a fixed price is always it's the most transparent way in a private treaty, which is, that's the price. If you pay it, you'll get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and outside of that, open to negotiation. So in this uh, changing market, I've just found that a little bit easier to work with from a negotiation standpoint from the perspective of our owners. Yeah. So especially um, when you've got properties that uh, buyers are saying, what else have you got? Um, properties that need a little bit of renovation. They're not spick and spam. There's not a giant amount of demand for them. So just uh, fixing that price is a lot easier rather than trying to negotiate, you know, for a competitive property. Sorry, yeah. creating competition where there just isn't one for that kind of property at the moment. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Cool. No, I dig that. Mm. All right, well, I've got one for you to throw out. Mm. If you're a buyer, what are your three things that you should be looking for, like, in spring to be able to find that dream house? Like, oh. you've got three tips, I guess, these for any the buyer. Note. You've, yeah, you've these segued are the notes. into his notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. want to get him back on track. I what mean, you had notes. I don't have notes, so I'm going to have to be <laughs> under the... Um, right, it's a still on strike on my team. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, but John's got notes. So. Not bad, not bad. Self-employed. Um, <laughs> well, I, was, I, I, I... This is just... I just dumped it from a couple of conversations that have happened in the last few days from the open homes and follow-ups. Um, but the three points I had was get your act together. Um, what do you need? What can you compromise on? And get comfortable with negotiating. 
So get your act together, which is we've talked about a bunch. Get your team together. Yeah, yeah. But it's also so knowing your position. So so that's talking to your finance broker, talking to your building inspector, having everything lined up, yeah. ready to go. And your legal as well. So yep. you've got your contacts. You're not doing it later on. They know who you are, what you're looking for, and you can act quickly. Yep. Because that I guess that shows strength to the agent as well. If you're able to go to the agent and be like, yep, my lawyer's this – my finance broker, I'm pre-approved with this guy already. I just yep. need you to send him the contract. Yeah. That then creates a better conversation for you as the agent to talk to the, the vendor. Well, the, and that comes through into the negotiation later because um, people always think it's price but there's terms. So, but the other one too was um, know who's influencing your decision. So oh. that could be oh. – I mean we had – Going deep. Oh. We had um, – Dollhouse deep. There was, a fa- <laughs> there was a family where there was the – um, two came from Melbourne. Um, her her best mate, he just happened to be a valuer, and then her mum and dad were there at the same time. So, um, if there's multiple people that you will influence, try and get them through to the inspections if you can, because they may be on your side or they may be working directly against you, like by accident. Yeah, and that yeah. can be sometimes a relative who will just you know absolutely smash a property. Because, oh, it's, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. But they think they're acting in your best interest. But oh, so that's dad of a daughter. That's right. So that's you know. Just a stereotype. Just, just that a stereotype. seems to be yeah. whenever uh, I've had... I think Sarah's mum was the one when we were looking. She was like, mm, I don't know about this. And I was like, well, no, 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 I'm no, not no, sure about Glenorchy. Yeah, you can't <laughs> see my vision. I've, I've got a vision for this one. Yeah, so sometimes there is that parent that wants the best for their, their and, kid. And, and sometimes they're terrible. <laughs> like their advice <laughs> is awful. Yeah, yeah. So that's that thing where if you know who's influencing your decision, try and lean on a a person who's either been there, done that, or has some actual expertise. Yeah, yeah. And that's where, you know, choosing your team's important because it's like you pay them respect, thank you so much for your impact, and then completely forget everything that they've <laughs> um, Thanks, Mum and Dad. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate you coming along, but I'm going to park those thoughts. So that's that quick get your act together because that's giving you confidence in starting to make these decisions moving forward. So the thought was what do you need and what can you compromise on? So in these elements of what to look for, yep. one of the things I've noticed really interesting in the last 12 months is – the expectation of bedroom size has dramatically changed from our generations and new generations to what they were 30, 40 years ago. Oh, everyone wants a king-size bed these days. In every single bedroom. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I've, I've had that w- conversation with a couple of people recently. I'm like, you're looking at a two-bedroom unit. It's never going to fit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, so I'm actually surprised by how many people own king-size beds. Yeah, look at that. I would never have guessed that as a, like, yeah, I guess thinking about from a buyer's point of view, going and looking at a house and I don't know. The bedrooms we have in our 1970s home are way bigger than this one. Like they've got the built ins mm. and all that stuff chewing up all their own, but very good point. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing to have high expectations, but in these markets, especially in this area where a lot of them were ex housing, they're 90 to 100 square meters. Generally speaking, they are just that old, old style of expectations. Yep. So, um, I think you can have a king in every bedroom, though. Just some would be king singles, not king beds. Well, I mean, it's, we've got a king bed in the. It's just it took up the entire room. It's a mistake, uh, yep. but um, you know that. But that's a that's that thing where if you're looking at the house, um, it's that knowing what you can compromise on. So I know there are those of us that can't quite visualise changes, and that might be important if you can't make changes in your budget. But if you've got um, the my, my thought was the comprom- look at your areas. So be open to. All right, I, I specifically want this suburb. Do you need this suburb? You know, is is are, are others can they give you the same of what you needed based on your lifestyle? Yeah. So that's where uh, I refuse based on a prejudice. Well, maybe your prejudice is wrong. Um, like I don't. There was a lady who said the other day, I'm going to skip this suburb and go from Moona to Montrose and just skip Glenorchy. And <sighs> I think that's a mistake. 
Aaron yeah. and I being Glenorchy boys, yeah. we right. are so outraged. It's outraged. the you know, it's sort of um, your area can often reside based on your prejudices. It's not not so much in reality. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's just a thought. We'll be open to jumping across the street or across the suburb. Um, that I was love that. I love that theory. Like, I mean, I've recently moved here to the centre of Glenorchy, right behind the office, yep. and we get kind of like a new town Moona lifestyle here in Glenorchy. Like, exactly. we can walk to everything. Yeah. Yeah, sure, there's not quite, as out on not quite as many restaurants or coffee shops, but there is a really good coffee shop down the road. There's the coffee club if you want to go have breakfast. Like, there are still services within walking distance that give you a similar feel to Yamuna, Newtown, North Hobart. Absolutely. Here in Glenorchy. So, and it's a cheaper area to live. 100%. Yeah, and, and the transport's still, you know, really good. Yeah. Mm. Um, so that's that thought. The, when it comes to the bedrooms and the hall, is it be open to speaking with someone who knows how to move a wall around. You know, so sometimes a, um, a little, you know, a layout, if you've got, you know, there's no, only so much you can do with a 90 square metre house, but if you've got a 120 square metre house where it's, the bedroom's a little bit odd, well, maybe there is a, a abject to the floor plan where you can move those things well, around. Yeah, so this is what change. happened with me and, and my mm. place and, and maybe what um, Sarah's mum couldn't see was I literally walked in, I was like, you pull this room out, you've got this massive yep. um, living area that will be open plan living kitchen and then all the bedrooms at the other end perfect i got this i'll take it yeah, yeah. but i think she was like oh no it's a bit nooky and you can't really kind of mm. so you went even further than i went so i i visioned that when i looked at your place for the first time but yep. the bit that i love is you had an outdoor laundry and you removed the linen cupboard in yeah. the hallway to create a door up back in so the laundry could then yeah. be inside brilliant yeah. i didn't even see that and i'm yeah. supposed to be able to spot this stuff and well the, <laughs> the other part of being like well you can't remove all the storage was the laundry was huge. The outdoor laundry had so much space, and so when you, you look at the storage in there, yeah, I was yeah. just like, well, you just turn the storage basically and put that in that way, and everybody wins. So, mm. yeah, it, and it's those things where if you can't see it, you can't imagine it, and it was, <laughs> but yeah, no, a very oh, good, exactly, a very good point, John. And, and I guess it comes down to your personality. If you can't visualize that, bring along someone who can, because when it comes to a finished product, what people are really buying. Are paying a premium for is time so mm. they don't have to go through this headache which is renovating so they'll buy that finished product and pay a premium for it so mm. obviously that's just opening up yourself to op more options so yeah. you're available for retainer if someone needs yeah that I'll, vision come and I'll come and point out all the bits of walls you can move that one's load bearing uh, <laughs> that one cannot be moved so I guess the, the third point then was you've got to get comfortable negotiating. And if you can't, again, get someone who can yep. um, because com uh, negotiation is conflict. You know, sometimes it can be very pleasant, but the reality is is that, oh, but I, d I just don't want to say that, you know, because people feel... I don't want to offend them. Like, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I've had that with feedback. I'm like, well, what do you think it's worth? Oh, no, what you've got to advertise, that's fair. I'm like, well, if it was fair, then you'd be interested in making the offer. Yes. So clearly you don't believe it's worth what I'm asking. So... You know, tell us Ab honestly what you think it is. 100%. And then they open up and they're like, well, actually, I think it's blah, 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 blah. Mm. And I was like, see, well, this is what we need to know. Would you be comfortable putting that in writing? We'll present it to the owner. Maybe they'll consider it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. you do have to know that you can't offend anyone with feedback. Feedback is our king at the moment. Well, I think it's be okay if they are offended. It's not your fault that your mm. opinion offends somebody. You yeah. Know? It's, um, it's, 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 it's on that other person. So I guess when it comes to negotiation too, is that that's where the getting confidence confident in your position is you can go straight into you don't have to worry about oh who's your building inspection that's no, already sorted your legal's already sorted you know your finance that's already sorted um and so then you can start to talk about ask better questions look is it going to be helpful if um my finance is sorted i don't need my 28 days i can bring it down to 14 and we can settle sooner would that help you know 
yeah, the, the owner, what do they need more time? So you can be flexible and you, you know, negotiate with your timeframes, yep. not just with price. Mm. Um, but obviously from a buyer's perspective, the tighter the contract is more attractive to the owner, which yeah. will allow you to hopefully negotiate a, a better price. Let's just advocate for the buyers here. Um, and the good thing is then that's okay making an offer beneath the asking price. This is the market where it happens. You know, the, the last few years, it just that just was not an option. But the reality at the moment is that most properties are probably selling below the advertised price. And that's perfectly fine. Um, the idea that, um, you know, either party has to think that it has to go either way is just wrong. Like the <coughs> price of real estate is subjective. Yeah, yeah. And be okay with it, uh, offering a lower price just to get that process started. Yeah, and it's interesting for anyone to note out there as well, like what you're describing is the vendor discount. So yes. it's the original list price versus the sale price and the yep. difference between the two. Now, six months ago, that was up around 6 7%. Mm. That's now down to about 1.5%. Mm-hmm. So there is still a bit happening, yeah. but agents and owners are now advertising their homes a lot closer to the mark of where people are prepared to accept yep. versus before where there was a big gap. Mm. And so properties were having to be dropped by, you know, thirty, forty, $50,000 to get a deal together. And it's so interesting because it's buyers that drive the price of the market, not mm. the owners. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, so even when the, the, the market was running hot, Ours and the owners' expectations were less than what the buyers were prepared to pay, and then as as market you know the demand drops, so does, so it goes the other way around as well. Yeah. yeah. So, mm. yeah, just know that there is negotiation there, but it's probably not as big as what it potentially once was. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is too is that even in my case with these properties is that the counter offer is the asking price, and they're like, well, but, but like, well, no, because look in this place we've priced it fairly, we believe it's true, and um, that's the you know yeah. that that is the price you need to pay. Yeah. And some people will be comfortable with that. In other cases, it has to adjust, you know. So it just depends. Mm, definitely. Yeah, cool. Well, actually, I was going to throw to Pat because he, um, his writers were on strike and he hasn't had a chance to um, prepare. But <laughs> I think the strike is over or th- there's talk that it could be over. So oh, my guys haven't come yeah, back. Yeah. But I've I might give you a week, mate. I might give you a week. <laughs> I might say John's given us such an in-depth um, kind of breakdown of, of what to look for as a buyer um, in the spring market. I can give you a week to prepare. We're going to check out your notes next week. <laughs> We're going to come back. Uh, Better not be a black screen. <laughs> I'll power it up tomorrow, yep. next week. I can imagine you're just going to hit chat GBT. I need three um, <laughs> responses. However, back next week, we'll talk about um, three things that sellers should be looking for in Sounds spring. good. I love awesome. a part two. I love a part two. I love the property pod. Like, share, subscribe. Do all the things. A um, few guests coming up in the coming months. Um yeah. Sounds good. Till next time, gentlemen. Thanks, See you next guys. week, guys. Bye. You have been listening to the Property Pod, recorded and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Property Code. This podcast is general information only, and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel, and listeners should always seek then use their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial, or investment advice or recommendations expressed or implied, and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this information without first seeking qualified and professional advice.